Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Voice in the Game podcast. I'm Greg Austin and we are super excited today to be joined by the host of the High School Basketball Referee podcast, Mark Freilich. Mark is a high school basketball referee of 25 years with the Ohio High School Athletic Association, a frequent Final Four tournament official. Mark's podcast focuses on high school basketball officials, interviewing officials from throughout the country with a focus on Ohio, having discussions about the things that we love as high school basketball officials. My guest today, Mark Freilich. Mark, how are you? Doing great. Sunny day in Ohio today. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Beautiful here in the San Francisco Bay Area, as always. Right on. So, yeah, the fall colors over here, uh, you know, the fall colors are great. I don't know what you have there, but uh, we're kind of close to peak season here, so it looks great outside. That's, that's, their basketball might be in the air. It's just around the corner. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Well, you've been a great resource to the officiating community with your podcast, and uh, I had the good fortune to be on, and it's really a, a great show, and I appreciate you doing it. Thank you. How have you found that experience? You're about to start season number three, yeah. or you've just started. Uh, right. How has that experience treated you? Yeah, it's it's been really good. I've really enjoyed it. Um, you know, we're, like you said, we're three years now into this, and, you know, it's um, – to sit down and just to interview other basketball officials to kind of pick their brains a little bit um, really has been enlightening to me. And the main thing is I hope it's been enlightening to other officials. And um, that's kind of the goal anyways of what, why I kind of got into this is to, um, to make it uh, something that you can pick up a couple of things each episode, uh, whether it deals with, communicating with the coaches or whether it deals with communicating with the players that uh, somebody can pick up something. And, and we also have a little bit of fun too, uh, answering questions about maybe their favorite food that they've had and, and some things like that. So it's been a, a great experience. I've, I've met some great officials and uh, it's been, like I said, it's been fantastic. Well, what inspired you to start the podcast, right? You're a high school so, basketball official with a lot of experience um, do you have experience in media and, and what, what prompted that? I do. Yeah. In my previous, uh, professional life, I worked in the media for uh, several years and, uh, that's kind of, this has kind of been that thing that has been able to, um, scratch that itch, I guess, of the creativity for me, um, in 2020 during COVID, um, you know, we were all either sitting at home or sitting in the office or whatever it might be. Um, and I was listening to a podcast from a basketball coach. They, they had just, he had just started it and uh, he was from Northwest Ohio and he was interviewing other coaches. And uh, it, I caught that on, on Twitter. Uh, he was promoting it on Twitter. And I thought, what a great idea to interview the coaches. And I thought, well, I, I could do that with basketball officiating. And so uh, I contacted um, th this gentleman, uh, John Cook was his name. And I don't think he's doing it anymore, but uh, I talked to him to find out how he got it started. He told me about the Anchor uh, Anchor app, and, and so I 
went on there and did some more research, contacted the Ohio's uh, director of basketball officiating, uh, who's Dr. Denny Morris, and uh, kind of picked his brain a little bit and uh, kind of just started it from there. And ever since then, like I said, you know, kind of learning along the way, especially that first year. Um, but, but it's been a good project anyway. Fantastic. So, yeah. uh, are, you know, you probably get stopped all the time on the street by uh, <laughs> people adoring fans. No, but you must get a lot of recognition no. <laughs> from the uh, officials that you know that listen to the show. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's been, and I always say, and I've told you this before too, you know, uh, this is a face for radio, but, uh, and, and so, but yeah, I, I've been to a, a clinic and, uh, you know, talked to some of the guys there that had listened to the podcast and, you know, it's, that's fun. It's good. But the main part is just the positives of everything. You know, we want to make sure that when somebody listens to this, they're, they're hearing about basketball in a good, positive manner. It, there's always going to be something negative about officiating. But um, if you can present basketball officiating in a good, positive my, uh, outlook and, and it's something that, again, they can take a couple of things from each podcast and apply it to their game, then it's a win. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, are your guests predominantly local to Ohio? where you officiate or how many, how many, how many of the 50 States uh, have you had officials from? Right. So yeah, majority of, of them are from Ohio. Um, you know, I, that obviously that's where I'm from, from. And, and so I've been able to uh, know some of the people that have been on. I don't know some of the people that have been on as well from Ohio and I got to know them very well. So it's been really good for that. And, you know, I'm a little partial to uh, Ohio basketball officials too. You know, I think uh, you know we've got a uh, the, the Ohio High School Athletic Association uh, does a great job, and uh, in my mind, anyways, we we really have a great group of basketball officials in the state, and uh, that really shows throughout the podcast. Uh, but I've been able also to obviously with you in California, you were able to provide me with some names as well, and so I interviewed a couple others from California. Um, I had somebody from Georgia, Denise Brown from Georgia on the show, um, uh, Kim Poulter from uh, Illinois, uh, Jake Linder from Indiana, and uh, somebody from Florida. I can't remember. But um, so, yeah, I've been, been around a little bit and uh, had actually had a couple of officials call me and want to be on the show, uh, which has been good. And usually when they do that, um, you know, I try to... Uh, call the athletic association in the state to make sure that I've got somebody <laughs> that, you know, they, they call up and make sure that they're okay. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want uh, anybody on the street. I want to be able to have somebody that's going to provide some good education. And uh, so I've been able to do that with, uh, with the associations as well. So it's been a good, and, and I always say, you know, if anybody um, has an interest or if somebody from an association is listening, definitely, um, utilize the show notes on this pot on this uh, uh episode and get a hold of me okay we'll yeah. definitely put a link your email for the show email in the show notes below so if anybody wants to reach out in that regard we can do that so um of of your many guests who has uh, surprised you or is just like wow they have so much to mm -hmm. say and uh, etc yeah um probably um Probably the most 
impressive. I, I don't want to say impressive, but the one that surprised me the most was probably April Largent. And and they can go back and, and look at uh, and listen to some of the episodes. But I was just really impressed with her. Uh, she's from the Cleveland area. And, and I interviewed her during when COVID was really uh, on its uh, rampage. Um, she's the head nurse at a trauma center in Cleveland. So not only did they deal was she dealing with um, the COVID issue and dealing with patients and and having um, seeing a lot of death in that manner, she also had the regular job of the trauma patients coming in. Plus, she was basketball officiating and she had a family. And so that was uh, to me that was one of my favorite episodes, just because um, hearing all of the stories and knowing all of the things that she had to deal with in her personal life. But then on the other side of that, her basketball officiating knowledge is phenomenal. And, uh, uh, and she was able to provide some really, really good things to help out other officials. Yeah. Well, I hope that she was able to find relief from yeah. the trauma as it were of the, of the situation through basketball officiating. And that's one of the yeah. things that we, and joy is we have the ability to disconnect from any problems, worries, et cetera, go out on the court, give that our complete focus and execute there and, you know, get that um, separation from our daily life. Yeah, no question. And I always, you know, I've said this many times to a lot of people. I think I've even said it on the podcast. Um, you know, I could have the worst day in the world. And, but when I step foot on that basketball floor, everything changes. I mean, it is, it's a relaxing place. Um, it, it's just, uh, it, there's nothing quite like it. I mean, you can go on and you're there with the players. You can feel young again, maybe. Um, and just have that, uh, just be able to communicate with a lot of different people. And then you're with your brothers and sisters. And, yeah. you know, that's even, a, that's even a better part. Yeah. We're working together, common goal. Yeah giving it our all and, and, and that's rewarding. Exactly. Well, now you've been officiating 25 plus years. How did you get started as a basketball? Yeah. Officer? Yeah. This is, oops, I'm bouncing the camera here. Um, <laughs> this is actually my tw 25th Mark? year. So, yep. How did you get started as a basketball <laughs> official? Yeah, so this is my 25th year. And uh, so uh, actually I got started, I was a, uh, seventh grade boys basketball coach in defiance. And uh, I'm going to throw out a couple names here. So uh, a couple of the guys, you know, defiance is noted for their baseball. Uh, well, they, they got a good football team too in basketball, but, but baseball, they've had some great uh, professional baseball players come out. So one of the players that I was fortunate to coach in seventh grade was John Neese. Um, and, and I'll take credit for his baseball career because he didn't make through the second cuts and I had to cut him. So I'll take credit for his baseball career. He play, he pitched for the uh, New York Mets. Uh, the other one you might be familiar with is uh, Chad Billingsley. Uh, uh, Chad pitched for the Los Angeles Dodgers and, and he was on my seventh grade team as well. Phenomenal athlete. He could do whatever he wanted to do. Just a great kid and, and great family. But so I was doing that and um, uh, we got to a point where my brother was officiating football and I thought, well, I'll give basketball a try. I can set my own schedule. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that's what we all think, don't we? And so, uh, so I got into uh, officiating and uh, 
one one game um, in my second year of officiating, I was doing the seventh grade game, and the athletic director said, "Hey, we've got we're short an official for our JV game. Um, can you come over and officiate?" And you know, I had only done maybe two or three games, you know, because I was still coaching. So I went over to a, the local high school and officiated a JV game with a guy by the name of Matt Kearns. And Matt had varsity experience. He was just doing the JV to help the school out. And he sat down with me and and had my first real pregame. And we went out and did the game. And it was, man, it was cool. I mean, Matt was so positive with me. And um, he was my first mentor and really made me, you know, look like a basketball official. He told me to utilize my height because uh, I'm 6'3". And uh, uh, utilize that better. Make sure my mechanics were shored up. I mean, he was so thorough. He made me even shave the uh, the hair on my neck. Uh, make sure that that wasn't showing when when I would officiate. But um, I really uh, really appreciated all the help he gave. And, and now Matt's one of my major sponsors for the podcast. But uh, but he uh, that was a game changer right there. And, you know, he came back, I think he gave me like 10 games right off the bat for JV to help him out as his JV official because he was the varsity official. And I just kept learning, kept learning and uh, just kept loving basketball even more. And uh, I, I really believe that his positive reinforcement on the floor after the games, whatever it might be, helped me continue my journey in basketball officiating. That's fantastic. Yeah, we... We have to recognize the impact we can have on young officials by making their experience really positive and encouraging. And, um, you know, it's a main focus when we take the floor with youngsters. It is. And that journey never ends. You know, I think, you know, when Matt moved back to the Cleveland area, he was from Northwest Ohio. He moved back to the Cleveland area. And I was fortunate enough to gain some other mentors after that who, um, you know, I always say, Matt, made me look like an official and helped me with my signals. Um, after Matt left, then I learned how to manage the game. I learned how to officiate the game with some of the other mentors that, um, that I was able to, um, to work with. And um, a lot of those guys, you know, there's, there's a lot of them. Um, and I've been able to do some, have some great friendships with a lot of them. Um, just has been fantastic in my journey and has really, Again, it goes back to the positive reinforcements. There's been some, there's been some times when I needed a kick in the butt, and and I got it. And there's times that you know when they could tell that I needed some building up, and and I got it. And so that's kind of what mentoring is all about, and uh, being able to continue to get that all the way through year 25 has been has been great, and it keeps the juices flowing. Yeah. That's one of the challenges we face as well is when we're dealing with partners, et cetera, that could be on, on a macro level, like mm -hmm. I'm helping this official in their growth. And one is we're in the game, right? What does this crew need tonight? What can I provide that's going to give them what they need to succeed, right? Mm -hmm. Either it's support or it's a kick in the ass, whatever it is, right? We have to be ready to provide that. Um, and it's one of the challenges we face. It is. Yep. So you're exclusively a high school official? I am. Yep. Um, you know, I, I dabbled a little bit in college, just um, just a little bit. And, 
I just love the high school crowd, you know. Um, you know, it was funny, the time that I was looking at maybe exploring exploring a little bit of college basketball, one of my mentors said to me, um, and he said, you can go and do college basketball because I got into officiating when I was a little bit later in life. I think I was over 30. Um, right. Over 30. Wow. Yeah. Um, and he had he said, you know, you can go and, and work your college games, um, but you, you're never going to be able to. You know, you can have you can stay in high school and have a successful high school career and also enjoy, you know, having a great crowd. Uh, as well and, and not having a dozen people or more at the games and I really thought about that a lot and you know I thought about how much I enjoyed Friday night games um, and really enjoying the the packed crowds the cheer you know the cheerleaders on the floor the band playing I mean that there's nothing like that and that's old school but I still enjoy that and I, I don't think you know in the in the games that I did in college obviously you know there were 20, 20, 30, 40 people maybe in the stands. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't the same. Um, I like the quarter breaks and uh, instead of the half breaks at the time, I know that's changed in women's basketball. Yeah. Now they're at the quarter breaks, but um, you know, it's just a different feeling in high school. There's nothing like it, you know, yeah, right. And that's one of the things that we need to promote um, mm -hmm. is one of the positive aspects of officiating. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, so do you fish any other sports or just basketball? Nope, I don't just basketball. Yep. Uh, that, that's enough time out of my, my schedule. And, uh, you know, I think the family, I would hope appreciates that anyways, with just basketball <laughs> keeps it seasonal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 25 years in what keeps it fresh and exciting for you as a basketball official? Yeah. Uh, Wow. It, you know, going, going to the games, you know, I mentioned the crowd already. The, the crowds are, are what keeps it going. The love of basketball, you know, that's always been ever since I was a little kid playing in our basement, you know, dad put up a hoop in our basketball in our, uh, in our basement. And, uh, you know, I, my brothers and I would always go and, and play down there. So just being on the floor and uh, being with some great partners, you know, um, a buddy of mine, Joe Allen, and I referee a lot of our games together and, and uh, just being able to uh, go with him and, and mentor other younger officials and taking those guys and girls along on the ride, um, being able to see a lot of my friends, uh, other friends also in officiating. And, and quite honestly, when you've done it 25 years, you see people at the games that you know that you've seen for a while, too. So it's just that communication. I, I really enjoy that part, too. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so let me ask you this about, uh, is Ohio adopting a shot clock this season? <laughs> no, uh, no shot clock. And, uh, you know, that's, it's interesting you ask that because one of the uh, uh, comments that uh, I had on my first podcast of this year, we went through the points of emphasis. We went through some of the rule changes and editorial changes. Uh, for Ohio. And I had uh, my guest was Dr. Denny Morris, who's the director of officiating development for uh, for Ohio. And he addressed that issue um, about the shot clock and that that is not in Ohio. And at this time, there is no uh, desire to have that. And so could it change? Yes, it could change. But at this time, there's no there's no desire to have that in Ohio. Okay. 
Yep. Well, I guess um, like six or seven states that haven't yeah. had one are adopting it. And, you know, it'll probably create some momentum. We'll see how it goes. Maybe it'll change. Yeah, it might change. I don't know. Uh, you know, there. I'll tell you, if you get a chance to listen to the podcast and, and uh, I will. hear him talk about it, he makes some really good points about uh, – about why why we don't have it, and uh, they're they're very valid. So I I would uh, recommend going back to season three, episode one, taking a listen to that. And uh, he's got some good stuff to say, anyways. Awesome, awesome. There yeah. will be a link in the show notes below. Great, thank you. <laughs> awesome. So, um, what would you say? Where do we stand in Ohio with? Um, recruitment and retention are mm -hmm. is the the officiating numbers down as they are throughout most of the court country well yeah and i can't speak for ohio overall in general i can speak just for our association and uh you know yeah our i think from talking with other people in northwest ohio and and um in our association yeah our numbers are down just i think everybody else's numbers are down as well um you know, I think the uh, as far as recruitment, there's a lot of things that are talked about, you know, bringing it more to the high schools and seeing if we can't develop that a little bit more. Um, you know, we've got some Division three colleges around here. There's possibly some opportunities there. But, you know, it's just a different dynamic now, I think, in the recruitment. Um, you know, if you start in high school, you've got those kids to do, you know, the junior high games, which is definitely needed at that time. But when they go to college, mm -hmm. um, if that's where their career path takes them, then how do you keep them engaged in officiating when they go away from where your association is? So there's some hurdles to get through. But, you know, at the same time, if we keep dropping numbers uh, again, I think, you know, uh, we talked about this in an early podcast that uh, it's going to be hard to recover from this. And so um, I don't know if anybody has a real good answer to that. Um, but you just see the changes that um, you see the changes, I think, in in some of the the officials that are coming up and, and how they want to move up very quickly. Um, and that's been, you know, that's been good with some officials, but uh, with other officials, they actually need more time to spend mm -hmm. in JV. And I don't know if that patience level is there. So. Well, in one of, in your, final episode from last season you broke from your usual mm -hmm. format and gave a bit of an editorial opinion about um, the fact that in the officiating community there's a great spotlight being placed on negative events you know a, a fight that occurs on the court or somebody attacking an official immediately the video goes up it gets shared it becomes part of the perception of what officiating is all about. And mm -hmm. you believe, and I believe, that we need to focus more on the positives. So I appreciate that. And what are your feelings in general about um, the way, this is sort of the PR efforts, the way that we mm -hmm. present the game to potentially new officials? Yeah, I mean, I... It was, you know, the season, the podcast season had ended and I was in the springtime and, and I on social media and, and watching the news on TV and, and something must have happened at an AAU uh, event, which, you know, we we're seeing that a little bit more and more now with those venues. Um, and it was just I was frustrated because every time I look on social media, um, 
and and look on something with basketball officiating. It's something is always happening negative to a basketball official, and and I'm thinking to myself, how is this helping us in our recruiting efforts? You know, we can't recruit officials if everybody is thinking that basketball officiating is something that's negative, and it's not. There are so many positives that you can get about life from basketball officiating, uh, that's what we should be promoting. And so I kind of sketched something up um, and and kind of thought, this is what I really want to say. I ran it by a few people um, and just kind of went with it from there. So um, I, I I hope it is a good message for, for people to hear. But I, more importantly, I think it's a good message for people maybe who are not officiating and uh, want to officiate, but are afraid to because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know what what it's about. And and really, I think this talks about at least three and there's more aspects, but three main things about what it's about. So. That's fantastic. Maybe you could take a moment here and uh, and go over those points and share with those. Yeah, I'll do that. And I wrote some down here. So, um, but yeah, uh, one of the, the first things that I wrote down on, on this is about friendship. And, and that, you know, part of my podcast is talking about the brotherhood and sisterhood of basketball officiating. And that's a really important part of that. Um, you know, we get, we get yelled at all the time. I've been in this, like you said, 25 years. I've gotten yelled at all the time. That's just the nature of the beast, right? But we have other friends that we can that we can bank on, and those friendships. You know, you're traveling to and from the games. Uh, what do you do? You know, sometimes I travel an hour and a half to get to a game uh, with two other officials. Well, so what do you talk about for those for that time limit? You know, well, you can talk about family. You can talk about uh, stuff at the office. You can talk about your faith life. Uh, you can talk about game memories or memories of a certain town that you went through. So there's a lot of different things that uh, that are involved in that car ride that you can make a difference in the life of, of that other of those other officials. So developing those friendships is one big key that I brought up in the podcast. The other one is mentoring um, and mentoring as far as uh, officiating. You can have great discussions um, prior to the game, during the game after the game, and then you're taking another hour drive home or whatever it might be. So you've got an opportunity to do some mentoring at that time as well. But you're not only mentoring basketball officiating, but you're mentoring about, again, we're talking about life, right? So you, hopefully I've been able to mentor about fatherhood, the good and the bad things that I know I've done that can help other men and, and become better fathers. Uh, and I haven't traveled I guess I have traveled with some females so they can become better parents as well. Um, talk about faith life again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm strong in my faith life uh, as a Catholic and uh, I'm hoping that, you know, that can resonate towards some other, um, other basketball officials that I ride with as well by my example and, and by some of the words that we say. Um, and we can talk about how to be good husbands, how to become, you know, overcome being a bad husband. Uh, but some of those things, it's just they're great conversations to have on the way to a game. So that mentoring goes beyond fishing. It goes into, you know, the friendships again. So those two kind of tie in together. Um, and then the third thing I talked about is personal and professional growth and how much 
basketball officiating um, is how much officiating helps in that personal and professional growth. So the things I touched upon are quick decision making. You've got to do that in, in basketball officiating. And that carries over to your personal and professional life. When you have a decision to make, you're able to do that. Um, be able to diffuse situations. You know, that's important as well. Again, in both your professional and personal life, handling adversity, um, how to get along with others. You know, <laughs> we've got to do that as a team in officiating. And otherwise, we're not going to be very good as a team on the basketball floor. And that's got to be able to carry on to your personal life as well, especially in the office. Uh, being able to take charge, and I mentioned this in the podcast, that was one of the things that I really struggled with, is being able to take charge. I'm kind of a lead by example person, and uh, I, that's something I think I've, and maybe some people disagree with me, but I've been able to develop that uh, a lot better than what I used to be anyways, as far as taking charge in certain situations. Goes back to the teamwork aspect again. And then the last one uh, is patience. And, I, you know, you've got to be able to have that patience during the game because you're dealing with unruly fans, unruly coaches, unruly players, and you've got to be able to handle those situations as well. Just like it is in your personal and professional life, you're going to deal with people on social media, maybe in your office, that uh, you've got to be able to have some patience and be able to communicate with them, too. So tried to tie all that in together into a little commentary about how great basketball officiating has helped all those aspects of life and how basketball officials can learn from their officiating experience to make them even better in their personal and professional life. So that's kind of where that all came from. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, especially the personal and professional growth. I was speaking with mm -hmm. a, uh, somebody over the weekend and they mentioned having basketball referee on their resume. Yeah. And like immediately, uh, you know, if you're in that situation, okay, they can make quick decisions, they can take control, et cetera, like all these positive aspects immediately get presented and, and, and handed to you. Yeah, so, and I hope people realize yeah. that, you know, when they see that on a resume or when they see that wherever it might be, that uh, that's all that's involved in that because it, it goes beyond a person that goes out and blows a whistle, whistle and makes decisions. You know, we have to manage the game and manage everything else, and and uh, that's going to help you in life for sure. Yep. Yeah. So that's the challenge, though, is how we market those positives to prospective officials. But I share you with you the the sense that we're by focusing on the negative, we're it's a it's a problem. Mm-hmm. It needs repair. We need to attack that problem, but we also have to recognize the the broader picture is we need new officials. We need to encourage them. We need to create a safe environment for them to be successful and to try it and, and see if like you and I, it's something we try. Oh man, this is really good stuff. I love this, right? <laughs> Uh, you know, we need people at least at least to test the waters and see if they have that uh, reaction like we did. Yeah, exactly. I mean, somebody that's never officiated before, getting them on the basketball floor to try it for the first time, yeah, it could be the best thing that they've ever encountered. And, you know, I think overall in high school basketball, I, and I don't have any numbers to back this up, but 
you know, I, I got to believe that with school administration there at the games, um, and I think most schools have authority figures there, the, the problems on court really are minimal uh, with as far as somebody attacking an official. I think we see more and more of that in the summer um, when the policing probably isn't there or the, the administration isn't there uh, with, with whether it be any kind of travel ball. And, and that's where it really needs to shore up because I'll tell you what's going to happen is officials aren't going to do that anymore. And, and they're going to bypass the summer months because that's where the problems are lying and go and, and just stay with, with high school ball in, in the wintertime. And uh, so, you know, and from everything, again, I don't, I don't know the statistics. I just know that a lot of that stuff happens in the summer and uh, that, that might be, a decision that officials have to make, I guess. Yeah. So you, I think you share the same perspective as me. I, you know, you see these events occur and they're mm-hmm. on video and somebody comes out of the stands <clears throat> or what have you. And my first reaction is that is not happening in my game. Right. And that right. may be a position exactly. of privilege that I have for the environments I work in, but it's also a reflection of, this is what we are, this is how we're going to approach the game. And if there's any sense that something needs to be addressed, we're going to, you know, get administration involved and address it because the game demands that. Um, Yeah. And it's not to say that won't happen. Right. right? I mean, because we never know what's going to happen. I mean, things, it seems like things are happening out of the blue um, that we can't control um, in today's world anyways. But, um, you know, I had a game, I think I was probably maybe four or five in years in, and uh, there was a guy on the top row. Uh, you could tell he was inebriated. And he started walking down during a timeout and pointing at me, and he got down to the bottom uh, of the of the gym. Right? He was on the gym floor, and he runs into a uh, – somebody had a water cooler over there with a little – Dixie cups of water bottles and he runs into that water goes all over the place, but there was a, there was a police officer on his way over there anyway. So that wouldn't, that wouldn't have escalated to any point uh, at that time. But at the same time, you know, those are some of the things to be aware of as officials. You've got to know your surroundings. You just have to know your surroundings. Yep. Yeah. And then of course that comes with experience and, uh, but if we're putting the game, like we like to say, putting the game first, and we're saying, wait a minute, something here is a negative as it impacts the game, it needs to be addressed. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's outside the game, in the environment, or within the game, this player is a problem, right? They are mm-hmm. not focused on basketball. They are emotionally upset or whatever. We need to address it, mm-hmm. fix it, do what's appropriate. And anything we sense in our surroundings as well. But you are absolutely right. Uh, You know, it is not in our control. Anything could happen at any time. Mm -hmm. But as we develop confidence and experience and focus on the game, um, we learn to recognize what things need to be addressed along the way. Yeah, and that also goes back to uh, us veteran officials being able to mentor some of the younger officials on, Hey, this is what kind of things to look for as well. Yeah, absolutely. Give me just a second, Mark. Sure. 
So the other challenge that we face, I'm interested to get your thoughts, is we have an aging group mm. of officials. Mm-hmm. And then what we need is young officials to come in. And it's a situation where, hey, it's a chance to work with your dad and his friends, you know, kind of like, you know, an older group of people. Um, we need to encourage or develop opportunities for younger officials to feel that they are part of uh, maybe a younger cohort. And that's one of the interesting challenges, I think. What have you faced with your assignment role as an assigner mm-hmm. with getting younger officials in and making them feel comfortable? Yeah, that's, you know, uh, you know, I think I talked about that a little bit earlier as far as, you know, the officials that are coming in, you know, as an assigner, what you want to do is try to develop those officials on the JV level. And then by by maybe um, having some veteran of varsity crews um, show up and, and watch them on the JV level and give them, give them some tips. But what I've found is that a lot of the first year officials and even second year officials, they want to move up so fast uh, to the varsity level. And like I said, some of them are ready, some of them are not. And um, the problem is the ones that are not ready and they wanna move up right away, um, they can become very discouraged right away on the varsity Mm -hmm. level because they're just not not ready. Mm -hmm. Um, So what I do with all of the young officials is I try to if, if I move them up, I try to put them with two veteran officials. And uh, that way they have some good mentoring going on. I may call the officials or email the officials beforehand and say, look, this is a, a young official. Um, I'm real pleased with them so far. Uh, maybe, you know, take a look at them and see what you think. And so, uh, so I'm able to take a look at, um, get their opinion on them. We also have video capabilities uh, here so I can watch the games as well and, and check out um, their progress as well. So trying to get the young officials that are interested in varsity officiating, um, trying to get them mixed in with some of the veterans to keep them engaged in officiating. I kind of look back at the way it was with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I was excited because I had a veteran official who took a lot of interest in, in me and was very positive. And so hopefully some of the people that I pair them up with, I try to do the same thing, get somebody that's going to be positive with them and uh, hopefully develop them as well. Yeah. It doesn't happen. doesn't work all the time, but you know, we try. That's what we Yeah. Do. That's interesting that you mentioned that, um, you know, a, a lack of advancement or a, a perception by younger officials that they are being held, not being allowed to advance when your perception is you are not ready to advance mm-hmm. and yeah so training 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 and that's one of the challenges we face that's one of the you know we have so much technology available to us now video mm-hmm. training etc so we have to feel like we're in good shape on that front yeah i think so and then there's also clinics over the summer that uh, they can, that officials can attend to. And that's just not for young officials. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's an opportunity there for, for older officials to be in that group and learn as well. You know, we're, 
I was at a clinic over the summer that uh, the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Association of Basketball Officials combined to put on at uh, Capital University. It's a great camp. They've been doing this for a long time and uh, get a chance to see some really good officials. But there's young officials there and older officials there. And it, it, it provides an opportunity for, for officials. And this is I would hope that this is at, at every state level. But anytime you go to a camp, it's your chance to be seen. And why not take advantage of that, right? That's what those camps are for, to learn and to be seen. And uh, anytime you can do that to help your career, uh, I think it's a, a positive thing for that official. Agreed. And camps yeah. are fun. It's fun. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got all these officials, people you know, people you don't know. It's a great environment because why are we all here? To get better. Right, so we share that better and to help and to help the student athlete as well. Yep, yep, indeed. All right, Mark. So uh, you've just started season three of the podcast. What yeah. uh, uh, what guests do you have? What are you looking forward to in season number three? So the first episode um, launched already, and and every year I try to have Dr. Denny Morris on. And as I mentioned, uh, he's the director of our officiating development in Ohio. And he usually goes over the new, any new rules and any uh, points of emphasis from the NFHS. Um, and so he did a great job doing that this year as well. So that's always the first episode. Um, the second episode really was interesting. You know, he talked about that clinic um, over the summer, and I was able to meet an official named Jose Davis. And, uh, and I learned about Jose. Uh, he worked his first Final Four uh, state tournament this past year, but I learned from him that he is a former two-sport athlete at Kent State University, and he played um, six years in the Arena Football League and two years in the Canadian Football League. So uh, that was an interesting conversation with him. Uh, the podcast is broken out into seven different segments. And I start out with, it's just like a basketball game. I start out with the pregame and then we go to the first quarter and so forth and so on. But the pregame, we always try to learn a little bit more about the officials. So we got, we, you know, it's football season. So we got to talk a little bit of football with Jose uh, about his time in the Canadian football league and arena football league. It was a lot of fun. Enjoyed that. Um, and then we've got an episode coming up um, with uh, Don Kemper, who's a, a local assigner. And uh, he gives a really good perspective on um, things that assigners are looking for uh, from officials. And uh, I thought he had a, a great perspective. I did this a little bit last year with a couple of assigners. And it's always nice to hear their different perspectives of some of the things they look for, um, some of the things that, that they have to do as assigners that maybe people don't know about. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to doing that one. Also have uh, uh, a guy from uh, Cleveland, Ohio area, who's a college basketball official, uh, is going to be a real good one, Thurman Legs. Uh, Ryan Damon, who uh, is from my area, actually, up here in Northwest Ohio, he's been an official since he was 14. He's uh, a high school official. He also dabbles in college. He does some Division I women's, and uh, he is uh, he's, he's a deputy sheriff, and uh, he's a little firecracker. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having him on the show. So, yeah, there's some good things coming up. All right. Well, if he's working D1, he's doing more than dabbling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, Mark. Well, it's been great uh, to have you on the show. We'll absolutely have links to the podcast. Now, uh, there's also the opportunity to support the podcast on the page. 
yeah. keep you going and deal with the costs involved with producing it. Obviously, your podcast is great. Drive to the game, uh, listening as well. Just yeah. you know, just a basketball frame of mind. Um, and I really appreciate you having it and having it be a resource for basketball officials. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's been a great uh, a great thing for for me to do. And you know, I would be remiss really. Um, if I didn't mention this, and I think uh, a lot of officials would say this, but we really can't officiate without uh, support from our family. And, uh, you know, my my wife of 31 years deserves just a ton of credit for being able to um, really put up with uh, becoming a basketball widow in in the uh, in the wintertime. And, uh, and you know, I've got two daughters and uh, and a grandson and uh, and a son-in-law. So it's, it's, uh, they've, they've had their own sacrifices with me being gone and, and, uh, just want to say everybody that has a family, thank your family because, uh, uh that's a, a really important part. Yep. Well, at least you only do the one sport. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just winter, <laughs> but yes, absolutely. And priorities, of course, you know, we have to recognize, um, what, what's most important in life and, uh, officiating in its proper place, which is pretty high, but it is, but yeah, not at the top right on. <laughs> All right, Mark, any, any final words, anything you'd like to uh, say about officiating in your, in your podcast and et cetera? No. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, as I look through some of the stuff that I had written down, I think we've covered everything, but you know, just kind of interesting. This, this or this show that you have is called voice in the game. And, you know, you got the voice. Uh, when I first started listening on YouTube, I'm always looking for different people to uh, to use for our basketball association meetings. And I came across your videos, and and I thought, wow, this is really cool. Um, but you've got the voice, and and you've got the radio voice, but you put it on YouTube for everybody to see. But your videos, your Five Play Fridays, have been great for association meetings. Um, and just overall, you just, you do a great job. So thanks for what you do for high school sports and, uh, being able to provide all of this for all of us to, uh, have access to. So that's much appreciated. All right. Well, you, I appreciate you as well. We're all, why are we doing this? To help people get better, improve the game, um, and make it better for all. Let's all get better together. Amen, brother. All right, Mark. It's been great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it a hundred percent. And you are now Thank officially a friend of the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today for Voice in the Game. There will be links to Mark's podcast, all his appropriate links, contact links in the show description. You can find it there. Until next time, put your voice in the game, make the game better, and carry on.